So hello listeners, I am Brenda Lone Baker, leadership coach and public speaker. Welcome to Fearless Females Redefining Success in Women Leadership, The Interviews. Woo. <laughs> I'm really thrilled to be interviewing women to see what we can learn from their experiences and how we can help other women in all kinds of careers create a map to leadership success and find the tools that they need to get there. So I want to introduce you to my first guest, Anne Yordsoy. Did I do that great? And uh, Anne works <laughs> at Card Gurus. So welcome, Anne, and thank you so much for agreeing to share your time with us. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. So, um, you know, why don't you start by just kind of telling us a little bit about what you do for work? Sure. So I am Director of User Experience Design currently at CarGurus. I started there in November. I am currently building a uh, user experience team, uh, which is uh, sort of a new thing here. Um, I have about a 20 plus year career in design, uh, user experience design for uh, tech companies, um, advertising, marketing firms, um, consulting firms, et cetera, been all over the place. Um, my career started with the internet boom back in the late 90s, so I've been here all along. <laughs> That's, great. That's great. Good for you. So, you know, along that path that you've taken, all those different places, what do you think has surprised you the most? Oh, well, it's all been a surprise, really. I mean, I graduated with an English degree. Oh, and, wow. Um, from Kenyon, which is a school that's known for its English program. Um, back before the internet was really a thing that most people knew about, the web didn't really start up until a few years after I graduated from college. And um, I kind of seized on it as a thing that was a medium that was exciting and offered some really interesting challenges. Uh, I could be one of the pioneers there. And it was also... You know, so it was all a, a surprise in that it wasn't defined yet. Right. Um, it's been interesting to see over the years how um, businesses that utilize the web have kind of matured and how that medium has grown in use and um, how people have leveraged it. And yeah, I mean, the surprise to me isn't really... I don't know if it is a surprise. I mean, it's, it's been interesting all along. <laughs> Maybe the surprise is that it's no longer, that the web kind of got uh, turned into a business, a place of business so quickly. <laughs> it was really more of an artistic medium back in the 90s. And it was really fun and open and uh, kind of a place where people could be anything. And kind of, yeah, and putting your business online was sort of, it was kind of like throwing up a brochure or a um, kind of a, a, just a sign that says I'm here. Um, it wasn't uh, a transactional place at all. So it's been interesting to see that evolve and have it be kind of become uh, not just another storefront, but another storefront and uh, to have grown my career along with it. So yeah, I was surprised at how quickly it kind of settled down into real business. <laughs> right. right. Um, yeah. And kind of parallel to my own, maturity I think I mean I was I was pretty young when the uh, the web was was in its uh, kind of early days so <laughs> so with that 
you know, lack of a defined path, you know, what was, what was the, the best thing about that or the most enjoyable thing about that? And what was the most challenging thing about that? Sure. I mean, I think that with any medium like that, there is sort of a cowboy thing happening early on, which can be really exhilarating, but can also be kind of um, terrible. (laughs) So, you know, it was, I joined a consulting firm very early on um, that kind of wound down quite a lot uh, in spring of uh, 2002 after the internet boom went bust for the first time. Um, And, it was so interesting because the, the, when you work at a consulting firm, it's reacting to the environment in a, com- completely dire- directly, right? So uh, business comes to you and says, how do, we, how do we do this internet thing? What do we need? We're having this problem, mm-hmm. this problem, and then you solve it. And if you are a young person who wants to learn about how to operate this medium, it's a great thing. Um, there's also sort of, but it's early, right? So nothing's really defined. Uh, and you can end up in a situation where everybody's sort of land grabbing. So it wasn't the most friendly environment for women at this firm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure the men that worked there with me would be really uns- sad to hear me say that, but it was completely true. <laughs> like nobody thought it was a big deal at the time. Right. Um, and it's sort of like you, you, you're in a situation where your personalities are really excited about what they're doing. Um, but it's also a situation where people are very land grabby and that's sort of the mindset. Um, so it can, you can kind of get like this with other people sometimes and pull some cultural levers that maybe aren't the best things to do. Right. So, um, I think that was really challenging for me as a woman in the early days right. because, uh, I was very driven to get to know this space as much as possible. Um, but there are challenges surrounding, you know, being a woman in that space, which is pretty undefined. It's wild west. Right. Do you feel like there's a different mindset around women being in leadership or women being in the workplace now than there was then? Yes, very much so. I think people are just conscious of a lot more. Um, I think that at the time it was very easy for people to just say, well, women just don't go into management because they don't try hard enough. Um, Because that seems to be the issue when you're not looking at it that hard or you're not aware of cultural bias or whatever. I think, interestingly, the evolution of the internet has done a lot to bring that to the fore because you have this fire hose of information now where everybody talks about bias and everybody says, no, actually, it's systemic bias and it's not the pipeline. It's, it's that women aren't supported at work and you have an environment where people are promoting people who look like themselves and et cetera. And those conversations are there. In the early days, it wasn't. Right. Um, and I think they're uniquely available to people who work in tech because people in tech know where to find that. And also there's so much money in tech that there's enough sort of space in a lot of businesses uh, to you know, say, okay, well, we want the best people because they're so hard to hire because it's so competitive. Um, so maybe we'd better look at these issues. I think it's much better for women in technology and I might get in trouble for this. I think it's, from what I can tell, it's better for me as a woman in technology right now than right. it's ever been. And it's better for me in a woman in, as, as a woman in technology than it might be for someone who works in a bank. Right. Yeah. So I'm, I'm curious, you know, what do you think really kept women or keeps women now 
from stepping into more leadership roles? I think the lack of women in leadership roles. <laughs> okay. So I think it's, it's a chicken and egg thing. Um, I think it's really hard to get, I think there are in any company, there are in any, well, in the industry as a whole, there's fewer leadership roles than there are individual contributor roles. And as you get more senior, that tends to be more and more the case. Right. So it's much more competitive. Um, and people make, it takes very, a long time to hire leaders. And there's a lot of decision-making that ne isn't necessarily terribly systematic all the time. It can be, well, I'm comfortable with this person. This person will get along with the other senior managers. And that might be a very real consideration, but if your other senior managers are male, and yeah, right. that tends to be bias. And I want to make clear, I'm not talking about my current job at all. <laughs> no, that's cool. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, I, not, I find this applies to my current job. <laughs> <laughs> I find, you know, in talking with women a lot, a lot of them talk about not being able to visualize themselves in a position because they see the people that have done it before and they don't feel like they can do that knowing their values and their personality. Yeah. And so that lends to what you're saying because there's no other women there. Right. But like I, what? Well, how do you model yourself? Are you going to model yourself over a, after a guy? That doesn't translate very well right. all the time. Um, right. There might be men who are great role models for women, but you can't pattern yourself after every aspect of how they interact with other men. It just doesn't right. And work. so you have to, you have to in, my, in my view, be able to have that confidence to create it and make it your own and, yeah. and be it. Yeah, and I think um, as you go up the ladder, you have to acquire a comfort with ambiguity. And that's a big thing um, for a lot of people that is hard. Mm -hmm. uh, you have to be okay with not knowing certain things and kind of what, getting through situations where you don't feel comfortable in some way, like you just don't have the information or you're not 100% confident about a thing, a decision that needs to be made. And you can kind of float through it and say, okay, I'm going to put this on a shelf and not blame myself for not understanding this or not thinking the problem is me. I'm just going to put it on a shelf and, and come back to it later. Yeah. Uh, and be resilient and, and not think it's you. Um, it's just part of being a senior manager. You don't have control, but you have to make decisions and you don't have complete information. Right. So I think a lot of it is about confidence, but a lot of it is just, I think a, sometimes that, that degree of uncertainty kind of gets conflated for women with mm -hmm. feeling uncertain in the environment that they're in because they're women. Right. And it compounds it. Definitely. So yeah. what, what do you think are the strengths that you have that have served you well in these various roles and as you, you know, moved up the ladder? Yeah. Um, I think some of the things that might've gotten in my way when I was younger are actually strengths now. Um, so I'm fairly direct. Um, which is something I've learned to moderate um, because, you know, you have to moderate that. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> um, I talk fast. I think fast. Um, I am pretty analytical. Um, I think that when you're in an individual contributor role, it's not necessarily rewarded to be all of those things because those are threats. And if you're a young woman in an environment that's very high stakes, um, being an individual contributor who is direct and 
kind of uh, maybe less soft in their communication style than other people are um, is a little disturbing to people above who may be a little nervous about that from a young woman. Um, and it could be men. Mm -hmm. and that certainly was an issue um, earlier in my career. Now it's okay. Most, mostly it's just these are things that help me and I've learned to use them as tools. So um, how, did you, how did you get from one to the other where, where it was detracting from your sure. to where it was really benefiting you? Um, I think some of it, some of it is age. Um, and some of it is age and some of it is um, just maturity and understanding that, you know, I have to examine my reactions in the moment and not necessarily react right away or just sort of uh, kind of separate myself from the situation as if I'm watching it from a fly on the wall as mm -hmm. I'm interacting with people. I think this is a really important thing for anyone who wants to get into management. You have to kind of uh, separate yourself from what's happening in the moment and watch what's going on in the relationships in the room and um, learn how to leverage that in not in a scary sociopathic way, just, you know, <laughs> right. Right. like understand what's going on. Uh, turn, in my case, being a designer, I have an instinctive empathy for what a user is going through. Mm -hmm. um, and I've found as I've gone through my career and watched younger designers, sometimes it's, it's weird. Designers don't always turn that empathy inward to the organization. And doing that can get them a long way in terms of understanding motivations and saying, oh, okay, so it's really a system. And people, other people are inhabiting it with me and they, have other, they don't have the same goals. Let's identify what their goals are. Right. What's the user's goals? <laughs> right. Just like design. Yeah. So what are, what are the user's goals and how can, we, how can we solve for that? And it's like, well, what are my goals? What are this person's goals? Let's solve for both of them. And let me approach this in a way that doesn't threaten them. Right. Um, and let's, let's get this done. Um, so that that's everybody a, wins. Right. I, I talk a lot in my coaching about, um, you know, knowing what other people's wins are. Yes. I, I learned a, a method of coaching that's based on energy and how you show up. And so if you can understand what someone else's wins are and what their, their stressors are, you have a much better chance of achieving the result that you're looking for. Right. And personally, I like forming relationships with people. I like being friends with my coworkers. Um, you know, at least friendly with my coworkers. Right. I, need, I need to have a rapport mm -hmm. so that I can get what I want. Um, and so they can get what they want. And so we all feel good about working with each other. Design is a force for positivity and I can move my group forward in the organization. Um, I have a natural tendency to make friends at work. Most of my friends in my life come from jobs mm -hmm. I've had. It's great. Um, my husband, I met my husband through uh, a friend who I hired, who became a friend after I hired her <laughs> at a job. Um, so that's turned out extremely well for me. Um, so I'm sorry, I don't remember what the original question was, but uh, yeah, so basically taking, taking things like that and turning them towards success at work is super helpful. Right. Um, I'm like a happy uh, extrovert at work. I am mostly an introvert though. <laughs> Um, I get very tired after a lot of, of interaction, but I know I have to uh, conserve my energy in other areas so that I can come to work and spend that energy on getting things done. Right. So 
making sure that I have time uh, where I can just not interact with anyone during mm -hmm. the weekend is really important or at night I make sure I take care of that. So that's, that's an interesting lead into, you know, a lot of women who have families talk about the difficulty with balancing everything. I have an interesting view on balance. I don't really yeah. think that, that there is any balance. It's all about focus for me. But, mm -hmm. So what's been your experience with, you know, keeping a balance in your life? Your sure. Family? Yep. So I don't have children, um, which I think, sadly, is something that's helped me in my career mm -hmm. because I don't have that worry. Um, and I don't have, I, I don't have that competing, you know, stuff. I have other things in my life. I have a husband, I have yeah. friends, I have uh, extended family. So, you know, that's all important. I think it is about focus. I think it's about, um, for me, I was very much like throw myself 100% at a job when I was in my twenties mm -hmm. and I can't do that anymore because it's just not efficient. Um, and as a senior person, it's a little scary to the people you work with to be that uh, intense all the time. You need to right. cultivate a, you know, a relaxed enough presence so that you're approachable um, and that people have confidence in you and you're not just a scattered mess all the time. Um, so, yeah, I mean, my, my life is pretty easy in terms of that because I don't have children. Um, I like to make sure that I, I go work out um, I have time to myself in the evenings. I spend enough time with my husband. Um, yeah, it's important. I mostly just, I like to take care of my health. I have celiac disease and I wasn't diagnosed until I was in my thirties and it took a long time for me to feel better. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Cause I had it for years and it took me about two years to recover fully. Right. Um, and after that point I was like, you know, I think my health is pretty important. I'm going to focus on that. Right. So I make sure I do that. That's great. Yeah. Would you say you have a leadership style? Um, yeah. I think my leadership style is to try to inhabit the org that I'm in in a productive way, to make alliances, to make sure that my people are happy um, and that my people are productive and that I'm growing them as people. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not a micromanager at all, um, but I do like to know what's going on. I'm a big believer uh, in, uh, there's a guy named Michael Lopp who goes by Rands, who wrote a book called Managing Humans, which is an engineering management book, but I like a lot of what's in it. It's very hum humane. Mm -hmm. uh, so my people management style is very much patterned after that. I read a bunch of blogs and I'm on a leadership slack with a lot of engineering managers. I really model a lot of what I do after engineering practices versus design practices, just because I think there's more books out there about engineering management than design management. And I don't think there's any secret sauce as far as design management. It's all management. Um, I have to know about design and I have a very deep understanding of design and I apply that to my interactions with designers and with others um, as representative of design. But when it comes to people management, people management is people management. And there are good established ways to do it. You know, I do frequent one-on-ones. I'm very available. Mm -hmm. uh, I tend to be relatively informal um, because I'm a very direct person and I could be overwhelming. <laughs> so I try to tone it down so that <laughs> my people feel 
like I'm friendly and they can bring me stuff and not be afraid. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So I, I try to, I try to keep things very, you know, chill. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Um, have your values ever been challenged along your path? And uh, if so, what did you do about it? Um, yes. And I'd say that mostly when that happens, I try to fix things and then I leave because why would I spend the time in a company that does not match my values? Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is pretty common. Um, I like to have, you know, I like, to be, you know, when I look for jobs, I'm like, it's, it's the things that I look for are not evil. So I tend to avoid ad tech. I tend to avoid stuff that's interruptive as far as design Mm -hmm. uh, or parasitic. Um, Beyond that, I look for people who are good and have good values. Um, Fairly high standards for hiring. Um, I do better in companies that have a lot of smart people. <laughs> um, and I like engaging with people who are going to push me. So that's what I look for. Um, and then beyond that, you know, if a company starts to do, I would say, maybe work that isn't so great or isn't treating people well, then I will consider leaving. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I know better, you know, I will attempt to change the culture a little bit, but there's only so much you can do. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, of course I have. Um, That's just the way companies evolve sometimes. Right. How do you think your communication abilities have affected your success? Uh, They definitely have. I'd say having an English degree was probably the best thing I could have done for my career in technology because everything is written communication at this point. Slack, email, everything, Twitter. I mean, I've gotten my last few jobs from my social media interactions. as far as making contacts, which is kind of amazing. Um, so I would not have my career if I didn't have a degree in English and wasn't, wasn't a good writer. Um, I also do blog posts and things like that. Um, I also think style of communication is really interesting. Um, I've worked with people from various countries. You do have to moderate and watch how you're communicating. Right. Um, I worked with a lot of Israelis at my last startup that I was at that got acquired um, and lovely people, very direct communication style, very different culture. Um, And it took a lot of adjustment, but I think that designers have a real advantage because that empathy can be turned to other people in the company and you can really kind of drill into what makes them tick. Um, How do you make them happy? How do you make them feel comfortable and open with you? Right. Yeah. Right. That's great. So what do you think fuels you, professionally? I want to see how, you know, I'm testing my limits all the time. Um, I always have this visual of me kind of like walking out on a tree limb and seeing how far I can get. (laughs) I don't don't want to be somewhere where I'm 100% comfortable because I'm not learning anything. That's what motivates me. It's not really anything else. I like to be taken care of. You know, I like a decent salary. I I want to be competitive in the market, whatever. Um, I want a title. Mm-hmm. I want to advance, um, but I want to learn. And that's what's uh, kept me in technology is that it's limitless. And there's so much. <laughs> there's just so much. Um, I'm always going to, I love working with engineers because it's just these fabulously um, complicated systems. It's right. like systems of logic, which has always been amazing for me. I love it. Um, and uh, learning how these systems work together and how can UX uh, exploit them, you know, leverage them. 
to do really cool things that that keeps me going so that's fun yeah it's just playtime mostly I mean it's learning learning is fun and I get to keep learning and that's great how about personally what fuels you personally the same stuff honestly yeah. I mean I don't I've been very careful in my career to choose things that are an extension of me as a person um, because I don't think I'd be happy otherwise. I'm very much, I don't know if that makes me a workaholic. I hope it doesn't, but the, um, I'm definitely very engaged by my job and I really love it. And I get very sad when my job, the job that I have at the moment is sort of going in a direction that I don't like because mm -hmm. it means I have to go find, I have to go do this thing that I do at all my jobs somewhere else and I have to start over. Right. Um, and I've, you know, I'm like, I've, I've, I've created all of these relationships and it's really sad. <laughs> You really have to love what you do. Yeah, yeah, and I do love what I do. I'm really lucky. When you were young, what did you want to be when you grew up? God, I don't like to see. I had an uncle who was a microbiologist, so I thought that was cool for a while. I, uh, I played violin for a long time, and then I decided I didn't want to be in a practice room for the rest of my life because um, <laughs> that didn't seem very fun. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I never wanted to be a marine biologist or a veterinarian <laughs> or an actress. Um, yeah, I didn't know. I always thought, you know, I'm just going to go explore. That's great. Yeah. Um, fits in with what you're doing, too. Yeah. Right? Because it's all just finding new things and trying. Bouncing new around. Yeah. yeah. Um, did you have any woman role models or leaders in your workplace as you moved along? Um, a few. Yeah, a few. Not anyone, I would say, who has been a super mentor to me, but I've definitely found women one level up or so who, are who I formed alliances with. Um, How do you think that impacted your career? I don't know. I get most of my career bumps from friends who now work for companies. And like I said, all my friends are all over the place. I have a really strong network of women now. Um, which I didn't for a long time. I think I got to a point in my life where I was like, oh, right. Other women who have been through this stuff, that's important. And I really started building those alliances probably six or seven years ago. Um, and I had friends who were in technology with me, but it wasn't quite the same. It was sort of like personal friends who also happened to be in tech. So I could lean on them, but it wasn't quite the same thing. These are strong professional relationships with women. Right. And it's different. Um, I recently just started, um, a couple, within the last couple of years, uh, forming a lot of relationships with women in senior design positions. Mm -hmm. And that has been huge in terms of just a sanity check, um, seeing if this thing that's happening to me is happening to them, vice versa, getting support. Um, I went on a great retreat in Norway with uh, 12 other women. I think it was sponsored by Clearleft. And um, my company at the time paid for it, which was great. Um, and that was wonderful and hugely sustaining and just fabulous. It was great. I think women in, in uh, senior women in technology have a lot to give each other. Um, I personally make a huge effort to mentor women um, because it's necessary. <laughs> so you think it's, it's the, the sanity check that, that, is that the key to it really knowing that, okay, I'm not alone. 
there yeah. are other people who feel the same way and, and are right. having the same struggles that I have. Right. And also women help each other out. They're very great. They're very open and gracious with their time mm -hmm. and opportunities. Um, so there's just a lot of support. That's great. Yeah. Um, do you think that, I mean, we kind of talked about this a little bit, but you know, on a whole, do you think that roles are changing for women in leadership today? Um, I think that there is a sudden realization that there is bias and it's uh, useful from a business standpoint as far as outcomes to get rid of it so that you have better business outcomes. I think mm -hmm. since that was articulated widely, you see more women on boards and you see fewer mantles, you know, panels full of men at conferences and there's people speaking up when you have an all male conference, people get shamed. Um, so it's, Interesting. Yes, I think there is um, a realization that if you have an all-male uh, executive team and an all-male board, that's really bad for your business. Mm -hmm. And that just means that you're not talking to enough people. And you're relying on networks instead of finding a wider selection of people. And when you find a wider selection of people, you find better people. <laughs> right. So, you know, and I'm a white woman, relatively privileged. So I'm speaking as someone who's already pretty far in the door on a lot of these things. We need to right. do better as an industry, way better as an industry. Right. Across the board, not just, just yeah. as an industry. Yeah. Uh, you know, I agree have, we need conversations about intersectionality and, you know, people of color and not just women, not just right. white women. Right. Yeah. Um, how do you define success in leadership? I guess you could define it along a few axes. There's moving the business forward. There's mm -hmm. moving your, but there's also moving your people forward. There's growing the organization. Um, I think people making sure the people that you're managing and the people around you are successful and positive and energized is a huge part of being a leader. It's not just business outcomes. Mm -hmm. What do you hope that the people who manage that you manage Say about you that I'm a good boss who they trust um, who's helping them in their careers um, who they can go to for anything they want <laughs> okay. um, but who's also supportive and is uh, helping them under, you know learn new things and get better at their jobs how about the people who manage you what do you hope they say about you? <laughs> and brings me solutions <laughs> great. yeah yeah. I mean, I'm pretty much self-managing. Um, I tend to have, I've always been very self-managing because I'm very self-critical, I think. So I'm kind of get ahead of anything. Mm -hmm. um, the, uh, but I'm also very uh, strategic and I want to move my part of the business forward. So I tend to gauge, it's, again, it's that designer empathy. Uh, mm -hmm. You gauge what the person above you, what their goals are and how you fit into them. Um, hopefully that I'm making my goals. <laughs> and that I'm moving the business forward and that's um, doing a good job and that I'm a, I'm a value add to the culture and the org. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, oh, I just lost the question I had in my head. Um, so when you mentor or if, you know, a younger person just starting out came to you and asked you, you know, what is the one thing I should concentrate on to be successful and be able to move up the ladder? 
um, putting yourself in the shoes of your coworkers and understanding what they want. Um, what, are, what, are they, what are they frustrated by and what do, they, what do they need to do to succeed? And if you can make your goals align with their goals, then you've got an ally and that person is going to help you even when you're not looking. That's great. Thank you. What, what would you go back and tell your 16-year-old self if you could? <laughs> oh, my God. There's this thing called the internet. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry. You don't have to be an editor. <laughs> like, it's going to be yeah. happy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it would have been interesting. Um, hey, there's, there's this thing. You might want to go to design school. <laughs> it's so funny because there's so yeah. many people that have, like, no recollection. I have kids that just are like, what do you mean? There yeah. Was no internet. There, there was, was no, no internet. Like, how did you find things out? That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was curious about a thing when I was younger, and it was not, there was no web yet. So I went to the Boston Public Library and asked the research librarian to help me out. Yeah. And like two years later, there was a web. And now it's like instantaneous. Yeah. You, you just can't, can't trust out everything. Any. You can't yeah. trust everything that Google tells you, but. Yeah. Yeah, which is a problem. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's so easy now in so many ways. And right. it's, I grew up in a tiny town in Maine, and I feel sometimes like it's <laughs> where I'm now in a tiny town again because everybody talks to each other about everything. <laughs> it, it is a small world, yes. Yeah. You never know. Yeah. Who, do you, who do you look up to as a leader? Oh, um, you know, currently the people I report up to, um, my boss is great. Um, my, I think the executive team at Cargrews is wonderful. Um, yeah, I have some colleagues that are out in um, kind of cyberspace uh, who I talk to. I, I say colleagues. They're not people I work with. They're fellow design leaders who I really like. Um, and uh, I would say it's more of a collegial relationship than I look up to people. Um, but I have a lot of commonality with certain people who I, who I like to follow and, and, and chat with. So That's I guess, that, yeah. yeah. Who, um, are there any authors that you really love to read? Mm. Currently, I don't read a lot of design business books, um, cause there aren't that many. I write, I, I read business business books. Mm-hmm. Um, Right now, I'm reading, I can't tell you the author, but I'm reading a book on finance uh, for business because that's sort of the next thing um, that I need to, to polish, to get to sort of polish up my understanding of. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a book, it, the title is, uh, let me look, sorry. No, that's great. Yeah, the build, it's called The Build Trap. And it's a product management book, Escaping the Build Tra Trap. And it's by Melissa Perry. Great. Um, and so I read a lot of product management books because there's a lot of commonality between product management and design. And product management is just a different perspective on the same thing. Mm -hmm. We care about 90% of the same things, except uh, user, user experience designers are more focused on user goals. And the product manager is more focused on business goals. Right. And uh, different kinds of market research and things like that. Um, so there's a lot of good writing out there about product management that I can steal for my own work. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of product management is about 
managing expectations and getting down to brass tacks when it comes to defining value and things like that and connecting, connecting what you're doing to business outcomes, which is absolutely a thing that designers need to get better at. So I tend to read a lot of product management stuff. That's great. Yeah. Anything else that you want to, you know, before we close up, kind of throw out there to the <laughs> that are listening or watching about, you know, leadership and how to redefine it? I mean, is it about redefining it or is it about defining it for yourself? Um, figure out what you want. Um, talk to people who are in leadership positions, really understand what their day is like. Um, I spend a lot of time in meetings. I love talking to people. I love what I'm doing in the meetings, but you know, my schedule looks like Tetris and that's something that some people may not want to sign up for. Being a manager is an entirely separate career than being an individual contributor. It's not the next step. It's a different career. So make sure you want that. Um, really understand what it is. Talk to people who are doing it. Don't just stick to people who are in your silo. Mm -hmm. So talk to engineering managers if you're in tech. Talk to, or if you're a designer, talk to engineering managers. Talk to product managers. Figure out what other roles do. Um, because the more you understand about the business, the easier it is to see, to see a path forward into leadership. It's really not about what you're doing right now. It's about the overall success of the business. Um, and the sooner you can start gaining an understanding of that, the better. You do not need an MBA, um, but it's that mindset. <laughs> That's fabulous. I really appreciate that advice because I give it often too to go and talk to people because yeah. you know, we all have these preconceived, well, it's this. And you don't really know what it is until you go and you talk to people and you ask lots of people lots of different questions. And that's a great way to test things out and know more about them before you jump in or put your baby toe in, whichever one. Right, right. And you can always be ask, being stay curious and ask questions no matter what you're doing. And you can show leadership in an individual an individual contributor role. Right. Uh, and you know, seek out people who are. If you don't have a great boss right now, seek out mentors who are. And just sort of adopt them, talk to them, and uh, see what you can get out of it. That's great. So I just want to ask you one more question about that. If you're someone seeking out a mentor, mm -hmm. what would you say is the best way to do that? So it's always really awkward for the men potential mentor to get approached by someone who they don't know and ask, will you be my mentor? It doesn't really work like that. Um, so I would suggest um, kind of forming relationships with people and then kind of saying, Hey, I want a more formalized interaction with you where I get career advice and coaching. Cause that's really what it is. Right. Uh, and they have to, you know, at that point they'll say, well, this person is going to be someone I want to do that with or not, or I, I have time or I don't. And it's a more informed decision. Um, that's what I would say. So, and look, look in your immediate vicinity. Yeah. <laughs> Don't reach out across the world. <laughs> right, right. Look close by. There's plenty of people. Yeah, exactly. That's great. Well, Anne, thank you so much for your time and all of your insightful answers. Um, my hope with this is that other women will be inspired by hearing the things that I'm, I'm asking the answers to these questions and will be able to dream bigger and really move forward on their path with confidence and drive. I really want to thank all of our viewers. Um, 
please spread the word, share what you've learned here with others. And if there's someone that you think I need to be interviewing for Fearless Females, Redefining Success in Women's Leadership, um, the interviews, please connect me with her. For more information, you can check out my website, www.innerovation.com. You can subscribe to my YouTube channel, follow me on Instagram or Twitter, and you can like Inner Ovation on Facebook to stay in touch. I hope everyone has a great day. Thanks so much.